Um, I was just thinking while you were talking, Helen, I don't think we introduced the show at all whatsoever. <laughs> we can put <laughs> it in, in post. <laughs> Fix it in post. But, uh... Yeah, I thought we were doing something different where we just do it at the very end. Yeah. So we're just saying, hey, you know what you're here, if you're listening, you know what you're here for. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can have some, find it. sometimes we do that like little 10 second interlude before we do it. This is just a 16 minute interlude before we yeah. do the intros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying to do an intro. I'm just saying I don't think we did an intro. So, yeah, let's carry on. <laughs> Shane has just been fucking obliterated the last few games. So I think we should have him on to talk about that. I don't know. I, I wonder whether Shane Shane comes across to me as a sort of person that if he's rushed for time, he'll just go and press buttons and then move on. Like, yeah, yeah he doesn't seem to think much on BGA. Yeah. Like, perfect example that game. I don't know if you've seen it, but that Feast for Odin game that we're in. Um, I, I just I went to have my turn. What I'm doing on Feast of Odin, let alone <laughs> what other people are doing. Well, I just went in, and there's two pillaging spots, right? Yep. One requires two workers, one requires three. That's the only difference. He went to the one that requires three. Now, there is no reason to do that. You're just burning an extra worker. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's a bit interesting. Uh, but then consequently, I went to the two space and I got to roll the dice three times. And you know how you're trying to go for the highest dice value? I saw you coming. I rolled, I rolled a one, a one, and a two. And I'm yep. like, you've got to be a fucking D12. And I read a yep. one, one, and a two. Yep. So that was a total waste of a turn. But anyway. Yeah. I my last turn was whaling. And you know how you've got to get low numbers with whaling? I got a oh, ten yeah. and nine and a twelve. <laughs> uh, you stole my roll and I stole I yours. You should have swapped, it would have been great. I would have loved a one. That is still one of those games that I have no idea how you play. Like I played it and you know my my you know my plan of attack is always I'll learn it as I go. I did not learn anything <laughs> as I went yeah, on that game. I can see that. Yep. Yeah. I need to play that game live. <laughs> yeah. I was actually, yeah. that was one of the things I was going to mention when, we, when I when I made that idea of like talking about games that don't really work well on BGA. I reckon almost any game that you don't already know well doesn't work well on BGA. Like I think it's a hard platform to learn a game but it's also a hard platform to play a game that you're not 100% across because you can't ask qualifying questions. Like you can't be like, oh, hang on. If I go here, what happens? Like you've just got to test it out and go, oh, shit, no, no. Turns out I can't buy that tile because I don't have something. I don't know what I don't have, but I don't have it. You know, whereas if we were in a game and like if – imagine if Twilight Imperium was on there, which is obviously your dream, DG. Imagine if we're on there and we're playing a game and I try to do something – like, and I'm trying to do a move. How many questions did I ask you when we played that game the other month? And that was like the fifth time I played that game. Mm-hmm. So you throw that on BGA and I can't ask you. I'm just going, oh, I'll just try this, see what happens. And, yeah, I think that's where it falls down. So, and we haven't actually had a go yet because the the random oh, that we in with the, yeah. yeah, didn't make us work. So I have been playing the online version of Twilight Imperium. So Helen, you might have missed it, but there's a website where they've coded in the game. So okay. you can go in and play Twilight Imperium online. And the games, they're all turn-based. So, they, you know, it'll take forever. Like I'm, I've got five games going and the most in a month is like turn two. Um, but the, the thing that, the way they do it is every single minute step 
has a confirm button. So there's almost no undoes. That's right. and that's what I like with a VGA game. Like you go, cool, I'm going to do this, and then this, and oh, the second thing didn't work. I'll just undo and do my whole turn again. Like mm. it, it doesn't usually lock you into something, so you can do a bit of trial and error. So this mm. thing goes, okay, it's your turn to play in abilities before you do anything. Do you want to do any abilities before you do anything? Yes or no? Then you hit no. Then every other person gets a chance to do an ability before you do something. So just yeah. just to like put a token down, everybody gets a chance to stop you. And they have to confirm it. And, and so oh. it's going to take a really long time to play a game that way. And so even the, I had a round of combat and it was uh, four days, I think, just to have one round of combat. <laughs> uh, you've just convinced me not to join your next game, DJ. Yeah. No, I, that, I don't want to join any of these games. It doesn't even sound fun. I think the benefit like of a game like that, that is a 12-hour game potentially, is that the banter that happens around the table? If you take that out, it's just a very long, like game. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't have a huge amount going on, really. Yep, like correct. the game itself, if you saw it, you would never go, "This is a twelve-hour game." Mm. Like it took us that long. I appreciate that, but it, a, it didn't feel like it was that long. Yeah, and b, you've got all the enjoyment of the banter around the table. You take that mm. out, I can imagine it would just not be as fun. It would be hilarious to think that the one-year anniversary of that game we played, I'd, it'd be hilarious to think that you might not be finished any of those five games that you're playing on that website. <laughs> well, the worst thing is I started eight of them, and so as soon as someone doesn't take their turn, then a week later they delete the game. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, it's it's not a good way to do it. and definitely would not recommend uh, to anybody. Hmm. But, you know, PGA did tease. I think there was a... There yeah, a, like a chance, I think, that it goes on there. And I think BGO do a better implementation. Like this website's basically a mm. tabletop simulator mod with a little bit of rules. No, it doesn't work real well. I did. Um, I do like in BGA, like you say, Dave. If there's a if there's a step that you can't go back from, it'll tell you. Like it'll prompt you and say, "Are you sure if you make this decision now?" We can't, like, you know, in, in Ark Nova, for example, if you want to draw from the deck, it's like you can draw from the deck, but no undos after this. And I, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Otherwise, you can do everything you want and then undo it and go back to the start of the turn. Yeah, I didn't like those cards. So I'll... Yeah. <laughs> well, the big shoulders is the one for me. Like when you're making your goods and you've got to buy everything, it's like a structured order to it. And you get to the mm. end and you're like, oh, I, I needed one more good and I can't buy it because I've already done like 15 things. It's annoying yeah. to reset it and have to do it all, but at least you can fix your mistakes. You can. Yeah. yeah, because there's no impact of doing that. There's no impact of getting to the end and saying, yeah, okay, that didn't work. I can redo it because yeah. you haven't drawn cards and you haven't done things that are undoable. Yeah. Or you don't know yeah. more information now than you had at the start. Yeah, exactly. And if we're sitting around at the table, it's not like we're all going to go, no, nope, you didn't buy your good. Yeah. Even though nothing <laughs> else has happened, you're not getting your good. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> has anyone yeah. been playing any live games? I played Dune Imperium today with Helen and she loved it, which Amazing. is exciting because she has been avoiding that game like the plague. And um, it wasn't until we played um, a game with uh, Joe and Shannon that they were like, oh, have you played Dune Imperium? And she's like, no, it doesn't look like a game I'd like. And um, and they were like, oh, no, it's really good. I'm like, yeah, we should play it. And uh, so I taught her and Raf today and um, she won. And I think the score was 11-10-8, so a really close game. And, um, yeah, you could just – there was one moment where 
uh, it was clearly going to be the last round. And um, what's the name of that spot that gives you the five workers in the combat for six uh, spice? On the, um, the, I think it's in the, the spacing guild. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I was first player, and I'm like, I'm going straight there. But I didn't draw a card that gave me the option to go there. Um, so I went and drew cards, and then I got a card that would give me the option. But the whole time I'm like, don't go to that spot, don't go to that spot, don't go to that spot. And then she went to the spot, and I, this, and I was like, at one point I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, there's the game. Like I can't come back from this. But on the other hand, I'm like, it's so cool that you figured out you needed to go to that spot. Like, like she figured out the nuances and she had, um, what's not the chone, what's the other eight card that allows you to move a worker? Oh, um, the Quizette's had her. Yeah, yeah. So um, she had that card as well and wow. she deliberately waited until, she took the Mentat and she waited until I was done and then she moved that worker so no one else could go there and get the five workers. I'm like, ah, you've, wow. this is awesome. <laughs> So she really to lose this game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, she played very well, and and that's a sign of someone who picked up the game, which is yeah, you know, which is all you want. So, and Raf did pretty well with his eight points. That's pretty good. Mm. Yeah, Eleven so. days till June part two comes out. Yeah. Well, that was that was the 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 carrot, right? Like I I deliberately said to Raf, oh, we should watch Dune, so you know we can go to the movies and watch the second one. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as the movie finished, I'm like. There's, we could also play the board game. Like, <laughs> you could learn how to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, very cute. The movie's just a giant board game. It's just pieces moving around a board. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first movie was kind of like that, wasn't it? It's was just a whole lot of preempting something that's going to happen. <laughs> so. do, you reckon, do you reckon they have golf on Arrakis? <laughs> like, and would the, would the course no be like very hard to hit the fairway? Yeah. It's just, <laughs> It's just one little fairway, one little green in an ocean of sand. Uh, yeah, you'd uh, just be constantly in a bunker. Yep. yep. <laughs> just uh, in that and people going, what deep? What deep? What <laughs> Well, actually, I think we've already got our tickets for the new one and we, we're lined up. Uh, we're all going to go and see the first one in the cinemas like a couple of days beforehand as well. Oh, uh, cool. Oh, nice. So, Who are you going with? Uh, the the usual June crowd, Troy and G Money. Luke is not a fan, so he won't be coming. Oh, very cool. Yeah, Troy is a June mega fan. I'm pretty sure he's had spice at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so he looks so youthful. What about you guys? Any any live on the table games lately? Yeah, I played Wormspan. Oh, cool. Mm. Tell so, us about it. Yeah, it was good. Um, so it's so I think people were a bit confused. It's similar to Wingspan, but it's very different in terms of the, the play, like how you play it. So basically you've got instead of the three zones that you put your eggs in, you've got three caves, dragon's caves, and you've got to excavate the cave. And then once you've excavated the cave, then you can put a dragon in. And you start with six coins, one egg, and three resources. And so you have to pay a coin for most of your moves. Some moves will cost you two. So a dragon might, it costs you a coin to put the dragon down, but it also costs you, like, you what's on the card. So it might be three resources of Melancor. It might be another coin and a crystal and all of this. So you've got to pay for that. Um, And then you've got to pick up cards. It was funny. I played with my daughter and she won. 
um, because I just could not get eggs and you need <laughs> eggs to be able to um, play like excavate into the later two zones similar to wingspan you've got the egg price at the top for the ladder so you've got one zone that's open so you can put dragons straight there and then three zones that you need to excavate the first zone is three free and then the second one costs an egg and then the third costs you two eggs plus the coin it costs you to play them so but no it was it was really good uh, it was very different but it was really good and we'd played wingspan asia a couple of days earlier the two-player version so she was expecting that and went, oh, this is really different. So, But she enjoyed both of them. And she was like, can I teach the others Wormspan? And I'm like, hold your horses. And the younger through, children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And halfway through <laughs> explaining the rules to her, she's like, can we just start playing? And I'm like, oh, do you understand? Because I don't. Can you teach me how to play? And she's like, oh, no. And I'm like, well, then maybe we keep reading the rules. So, Do you wonder where she gets that from, that idea of just playing it and figuring it out as she goes along? I have she no idea. <laughs> um, but, no, it was good. It was. I know that um, I read some, some things where people were like, oh, they don't love it or they do like it. You know, it's been a little bit divided, but, I, you know, I think it's a beautiful game as the original. It's very different because you're not paying with eggs all the time, like the coins are the things, and you can do things to get extra coins, and they've got, like, a track that you can – move on that gives you free things so some of the things your dragon when you play it it might say you know move on the track and you move and you get a free egg or you get a free dragon card or a free um location card and then occasionally and then at two points on this round track you can then place a marker into the middle thing and that might let you play cards for free or get victory points for the end and it just comes down to victory points and i think she finished with 82 and I finished with 68 victory points at the end of the game. But, yeah, it was nice. good. It was, yeah, definitely worth it. And it didn't take, you, didn't take you five hours to play your first game? <laughs> no, strangely, because it did take me five hours for my first game of Wingspan. Um, no, it was it wasn't a short. It probably took a couple of hours for us to play. Ooh. And by that time, she was super tired and cold and she just wanted to go to bed. So I was kind of like helping her at the end. But... It was good. There's lots of ability to do multiples. Like I had a thing that gave me a free place a card and that dragon let me place another dragon. So I ended up placing three dragons for the price of one. And that's sort of how I got things on my mat in the end because I wasn't getting the eggs. So, yeah, so you excavate, um, which is place like a location. You place dragons. Or there's a third thing, which is the same thing as gaining food, you know, gaining eggs, etc. You do this sort of you've got a little climb a man and he goes through the caves and gets things dependent on how many places you've used but he goes left to right instead of right to left like wingspan um and then what he gets stopped the minute you've you kind of excavated but unless you've got a dragon there he'll stop at that point but there's things you get regardless so on the top row you might get a food and then you might get a dragon card and then a food and then an egg but you have to have put dragons in between and then those dragons can have um, when activated abilities, same as the other. So when at, you've got when activated, when played, end of round, end of game. So, cool. yeah, but no, definitely worth a play. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it. Repl- I don't think one replaces the other. I think there's room for both. It's interesting. Cool. I, I'd like to play it because, like you say, it's got mixed reactions. But I, from what I've seen, the re- mixed reactions were people weren't interested in it initially. Like they were like, why are we getting this 
But then everyone who seems to have played it seems to think it's great. And most people are saying that they enjoy it more than Wingspan, which is interesting. But um, I mean, whether you enjoy it more or less is kind of irrelevant, but just the fact that it seems like a really solid game is what everyone's saying. And I think it would have been a disservice to have just made it a wrap of Wingspan, mm. just made it Wingspan with dragons. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's not the whole point of Stone My Games is their thematics are so good. And so to not do that and make it be relevant, like the coins make sense with dragons, do you know what I mean? Like and then because mm. dragons hoard gold, you know, so that makes sense and then the caves and all of that. So I thought, yeah, I think it's really clever and it's, yeah, I think it's good that it's different, but I think some people expected it to just be Wingspan with dragons and it's not mm. that. Looks similar but plays very differently. Um, I was just thinking while you were talking, Helen, I don't think we introduced the show at all whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> we can put Fuck it in post. <laughs> Fix it in post, but... Uh... Yeah, I thought we were doing something different where we just do it at the very end. Yeah, so we're just saying, hey, you know what you're here, if you're listening, you know what you're here for. Yeah, yeah. well, I can have some, sometimes we do that like little 10 second interlude before we do it. This is just a 16 minute interlude before we yeah. do the intros. Yeah, <laughs> hey, no, I'm not saying to do an intro, I'm just saying I don't think we did an intro, so yeah, let's carry on. <laughs> Done. We were too busy chin, chin wagging about board games. Exactly. It has been a lot of board games lately. Like we, I, I have got more games out of Shrink this in the last two weeks, I think, than oh, I have awesome. my whole year before that. Um, That's amazing. Most of them are all of the same game. So unlike others, I got on the Dice Throne bandwagon, but with the individual boxes of two oh, characters wow. rather yeah. than the whole you know kit and caboodle. Um, yeah. So I, I never opened any of them. So I had like eight boxes of sitting of characters sitting there, just like a one v one character. So um, we we decided we we're going to have a bit of an easier game night a couple of weeks ago, and we just grabbed a few random things out. So we ended up getting out of Shrink, um, Steam uh, Steampunk Rally. Ah, uh, yeah, yep. Which did not go down very well. Um, huh. I don't have you, any of you guys played. I I did get it in the Kickstarter a few years ago, but I moved it on as well. So, hmm. yeah, that probably says yeah. all it needs to be said. <laughs> I've, I've, I've played it once or twice, yeah. Yeah, I think a couple of us have played it, and so we thought it would be all right to sort of have a go and teach as we went, and it, it didn't go well. Um, there was very little attention paid, and it ended up being a bit of a shit fight. But then we got our dice thrown, and we just started chucking a couple of battle yards, you know, random dice at each other, and everybody loved it. And to the point that next week they came back and we played again. We everybody had with three or four games, I think. We um, G Money brought his Marvel ones, so we mix and match and everything. And nice. then we grabbed out uh, the Street Fighter miniatures game. Oh wow! I've had <laughs> sitting on the shelf for a while, and so we had a, a run of that, a six-player game of that, which was fantastic as well. Not as fun as Dice, but um, still very fun. And yeah, spent a, a big chunk of the first part of the year learning and playing Voidfall which is very, very challenging as far as a big, heavy game goes. We had, I think GNI added up about 10 hours of learning to be able to try and play this game. Uh, I love so, that, though, because I know that you haven't been as excited about games, so the fact that you've managed to get yeah. some new ones out and some big ones out is really exciting. Hmm. Yeah, so Steampunk Rally made the sale file, and I was sort of planning out a, <laughs> a bunch to sell, so... Um, Thin the shelves down a bit more and, and looking at 
shifting on a whole bunch of extra things. But yeah, it was good to try a few new things and to, you know, yeah, like Steampunk Rally, I think was about three years ago, Steve, maybe two years. Yeah, yeah, like sounds about right. Yeah, late 2020 or 21, something like that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and just sat there since then, so it was nice to nice to see them on the table. Well, we threw a birthday party for one of our crew, um, and we'd only just found out when his birthday is, right? So it's on Australia Day. He's managed to avoid telling us that for four years. So <laughs> we found out it was a big birthday. He was turning 30. He was super excited, and so we... Um, you know, got balloons and got him presents and just randomly said, hey, let's have a games night. He didn't think it was for anything. I've never seen someone walk into a room and immediately want to leave it. (laughs) He was mortified. (laughs) And suddenly we're just like removing like all like, because I had all the confetti of 30s, we're just removing them from the table and being like, happy Thursday. And they're like, it's Friday. And I'm like, actually it was Wednesday. I said, happy Wednesday. And it was Thursday. And I'm like, ah. You know, so it was like we sang happy Thursday to you for the cake and everything. <laughs> so that it wasn't a thing, but it was really great. And we got a lot of good games out and it ended up being a really lovely night. But, yeah, we played a game called Pictures. Have you guys played Pictures? It won the Spill the Zaras a few years mm. ago, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah, so I've seen it. It's a, yeah, it's a cool game. So you literally have pictures laid out on the table. So you've got, I think, four rows of four. Um, and they're like a, you know, a, B, C, D down the side and one, two, three, four on the side. And then you all get given a different medium to say what your picture is. So one person's got a bunch of rocks. Another person has two shoelaces. Another person has... Oh, yeah. Um, I played that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So it, it's a really good game. And you alter and you turn, you move what medium you have each time and then eventually it gets taken out of the game and... You can end up, you just draw the tile numbers like A4, A2, B4 from a bag, but there's multiples of them. So two people can be doing the same picture at the same time, but one person's got pieces of Lego and the other person has like shoelaces. Yeah, cool. So it was really fun. We had a lot of laughs playing that. Who did you play it with, G Money? Have you- oh, I played it with Haig. <laughs> yeah, Such it's good fun though, yeah. It's, oh, it's fantastic. I, I didn't know what it was called, to be honest. I've never known what that game was. <laughs> like, I remember it really fondly, and I'm like, I was wondering what that was. And then you they said the shoelace thing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's it, because there's like rocks and sticks and yes. bits and pieces. Yeah. It's great. And what's really good is you'll have randomly, occasionally we'd have the same people, like different people get the same picture and the same thing to do it with. So they'd just make the exact same thing that the last person made to show it. So, you know, and that always brings a few laughs when you're able to reiterate. Um, but, yeah, that was a really good game. And then we played Flamecraft again, which I love. Um, I don't remember what else we played, but, yeah, it was just a really good night. I managed um, to play Mind MGMT ooh. the other day. For the for the first time, I'd always wanted to play it, but never had a never had a chance. Um, thought it was pretty damn good for the hidden movement, like you know genre. Um, played a couple of hidden hidden movement genre games, um, but this one I thought was probably the best because it's a real like you work together to track them down, whereas other games are a lot more like oh you think they're there, this is like you can actually. 
like you can nail them, like you know 100% where they are, which I thought was pretty good. Mm. Um, played a lot of It's a Wonderful World. Love that game. Um, played that a few times, actually at the tabletop rather than on BGA. Oh, nice. Um, what else did I do? Finished Kingdom Death Monster. We played that for nearly two and a half years mm. and finished well the campaign of that, which was bittersweet. We like didn't know whether we wanted it to end or didn't want it to end. Yeah. Um, we were really worried about fighting the last boss. We were like, "This is there's no way we can beat him. Like, no way at all. And we managed to pull out a win with two, two of us died. One of us came back to life, like, for one turn. And the other person would have died the next turn. And that person killed them and then died. So there was one person left. So it was about as, about as epic as you could possibly hope for. Nice. Which was pretty cool. But other than that, nothing been, else. Been playing a few games with Raf, which has been really nice. It's um, really enjoying the fact that he's old enough to get bigger games now, like, and and also be interested enough to want to play them. Um, so I played Raiders of the North Sea the other day, and it's been so long since I've. That's such a great game, and I know it's a Shem game. So ding, there we go. Uh-huh. First time in the episode, but. Um, it's probably the Shem game that I haven't played in the longest because obviously it's older now and, um, you know, with all the hype around the, the, the South Tigris, you don't often think to go back, you know, two entire, you know, eras beforehand, but um, played it with the two, taught him the game with the two expansions included. So, because it's such a great game with those expansions. Um, and, oh, man, again, it was so good. Like, it's such for such a simple game and we only played it two player. I don't think I've ever played that game two players before, but it's really quick because you're literally placing a worker, doing an action, picking up another worker, doing an action. And then it's the next player's turn. So it just churned through. Like, I think we probably played it all over in less than an hour. Um, and, and he, again, it's that same thing. Like when, when he starts doing things, because they're the right thing to do because he's figured it out. You just sort of sit back and go, yeah, this this means we'll play it again, you know. Like it's not just me saying, oh, well, you know, these are your options. What do you think you should do? It's him going, well, if I go here and kill the Jarl, then this guy will have all this damage on him. So then if I go there, I can sacrifice him to the to Valhalla and that will get me victory points. And he's just sort of putting it all together and I'm just like, yes, yes. Um, so that was cool. Um, he also really wanted to learn Viticulture, which was I thought was a bit of a weird game for a 10-year-old to be like, I want to play that. Um, so we did. He probably didn't pick that one up as much. We played that with Helen. So they played the three of us. And, you know, it was very clear that, you know, he, he was, you know, just putting workers down and seeing what happened. He, he didn't really pick up the the game as much in that one. But uh, um, anyway, he still, you know, if you ask him, he still loved it. Um, but... Um, Probably the one that has stand, stood out. We played it four times. We just finished the fourth episode today, and that's um, Undaunted Stalingrad. So uh, I think I've mentioned before that we've been we played through all of Undaunted Normandy and all of Undaunted North Africa. Um, and for those who don't know Undaunted, it's like this deck builder war game where um, you've got your, your your troops out on the map, and let's say. I've got a rifleman. I start with one rifleman card in my hand, but I've got four in a supply. And so if I bolster, I can add more of those to my my hand. Um, but whenever one dies, you have to remove a card from your hand. So 
it's like this it's a it's a really interesting deck builder because you're like you want to keep your hands skinny so you can get your good cards but at the same time if you keep them skinny then all of your troops are really vulnerable out on the board um so it's a good little mix um of you know taking away that need to trash cards you know because you're hurting yourself if you do that um and it's a really good combat thing like most of the time an attack will need you got a d10 and an attack will need like a six or so or higher to hit so there's a good chance of a miss and you you can kind of liken that to someone you know to to um you know, a fairly fair distance away, taking a pot shot, probably not going to kill somebody, but might. Um, and it's also got this great thing where you can just target anyone on the board and if you roll a zero, it's just an insta hit. Like it doesn't matter how far away they are. And that's just sort of liking it to just, you know, just a lucky shot. Um, so that's really cool. Um, and But anyway, that's that's undaunted. But what Stalingrad does, it's a campaign game. The other ones, they're like, that they're great. They'll be like, this is, you're replaying this actual event that happened in the Second World War. And you're replaying this actual event that happened in the Second World War. This is replaying events that happened in the Second World War, but it's more about the the the, the state will change based on what has happened in this, like I claimed an area. So now I own that area on the map. And in the last one we played, I damaged a tile. So it gets removed from the game and gets replaced with a similar tile with, less strength and less less um you know safety i guess around it and if we destroy it again it just becomes rubble and you can drive through it and whatever else so um and what's cool is it's very much like not choose your own adventure because it depends on the winner but our next scenario is 5d and we're at 5d because i won the first game which led us to 1b instead of 1a and then raf won the second game which set us to to 3 C instead of three E or whatever else. So the storyline completely changes depending on who wins each scenario and 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 you each you each have a book which tells like it gives you like the pro the the prologue to the story of what's about to happen and it tells you which chapter to read and that chapter is also based on what happened. So you're reading the story that links to what just happened out on the board in the previous mission. It's really cool. Um so definitely um definitely worth it if you're if you're like a deck builder and you and you you don't hate the idea of war games, but you don't want to play like one of those huge big war games with the little chits and whatnot, this is far more accessible because it is essentially just a deck builder. Um, but yeah, we we've been loving that, and it's one of those things where Raf has this tendency with legacy games um, where he wants to play them once and then be like, "Yep, yeah, that's it." Where I'm like, "Come on, man! Like we just unlock stuff." Like. Let's just keep going. Let's play another mission. He's like, no, we'll play it on like tomorrow afternoon. I'm like, but then we've got to pack it all up and can we just play? Like, I'm the kid. I'm just like, come on, I want more. I want more. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, now we played that through uh, four missions, which has been awesome. So that's probably, you know, like I said, rat, my, my at home on the table board game person is definitely Raph at the moment. Um, and Helen played a couple of games as well, which has been nice. But um, we haven't gotten back to. Um, haven't been over to Joe's yet. We we're supposed to go there Saturday night, but Helen's been a bit crook, um, so we didn't get a chance to continue our Ticket to Ride Legacy game yet. But uh, that has been amazing too. So that'll be hopefully this week we'll get a chance to get that back. Anyway, that's me. Lovely. It's awesome. So I'm super excited about the game day in May. Indeed. <clears throat> Quick plug: BrizCon doing a two-day gaming weekend, same as we did last time, but. 
Where are we? I think we're over fifty percent tickets sold now, so be should be a good weekend. But it's May the fourth, so it's kind of spacey themed so this year. Great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so sorry, Helen. Plugged on. No, 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 no. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about. I bought my tickets. I bought. I, I made, bought tickets for my whole, my, all my friends. <laughs> so I'm like, I can buy them for you if you like. They're like, okay. I'm like, okay. And they're like, we owe you lunch. I'm like, sure. So no, that's <laughs> yes. very exciting. So if it's space themed, are you going to get Twilight Imperium out on the table? Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> Twilight inscription? You know, maybe. Yeah, that that could be. A, you know, um, so we we're looking at maybe running a game that we actually want to play, like a space game. So I think Eclipse is in the mix, um, Space Base. Yeah, I think I will try and do a Twilight Inscription. Like, I think that'll be good. Have you um, got any Star Wars games? Yeah, Joe wanted to get out of Rim. I think that's the, the spacey theme game. He doesn't get to play very much that he wants to. <laughs> well, I have fly. an Aliens RPG if you want to go really left of field. <laughs> you do? Yeah, I bought it for Liam. Yeah. It's never been played. Sitting oh, on my shelf oh. waiting to be played. June <laughs> <laughs> will get a good run too, though. So. Yeah, it should be good. I think it'd be nice to just actually play a couple of games that we want to play and bring people along. It's it's a fairly, I'd say, established group. A lot of the people that are buying the tickets are you know, members of the group already and they come along for a lot of the other regular stuff. So I think they're used to game days and how they function and they can you know, jump in, teach people, play games, do the whole thing. Yeah, and you've got somewhere to sell all these games you're trying to get rid of. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's the real benefit, I think, of, of BrizCon. they got that second-hand thing where you just go and dump all your stuff and they mark it off and make sure it doesn't get stolen and give you most of the cash at the end. Yeah. That's I might super have to lazy get rid of some games. Oh, maybe at first for you. You said you'd never do that. I know, but there is some games that I've literally, I'll have to play them again first. But there's games, if they're just going to sit there and then never, like I would never do it with a game that I I play. Like, and even, even, you know, my love affair with uh, Western Legends, I would still never sell it. Like, it's still a great game. It's still a game I would want to have for people to play. It's just not going to be my choice. But I want (laughs) it there as an option. But like so, planets, I'd have to get that out and try it again and go, do I like this game? Do I get this game? Do I keep I also it? think, though, before this podcast started, the value of the OC board game was pretty low. But I think <laughs> just because of this podcast, like you could sell that and retire. That game is never going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it has a shining space on the show, like, you know, the shining star in my uh, collection. It transcends board games. It's a whole other thing. (laughs) It's the fifth element. (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to buy another copy of Charlie Party just to sell it. Yeah, Uh, have it as a giveaway. (laughs) It's like a curse. It's like the ring. Like you play it, you got seven days until Party Party, and then we'll just make a label that says legacy and we'll just slash it on the front <laughs> and write the additional rule pack into it about the fire and everything. Yeah, yeah pack not, of matches not to be burned. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 um, the additional rules is a pair of scissors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, well, I ended up, uh, G-Money, remember, so I don't know how I got this Kickstarter, but I, it was a very early group buy. So it's called the Movie Movie Game. 
Um, and it's done by a group of guys that do a podcast and it's a, they try and get you to guess and put together the names of movie titles to make them into a kind of pun. So it would be like an example would be, um, a young lion cub goes on a journey and meets, uh, an English spy movie with Ray Fiennes. And you've got to say the lion Kingsman. Right. Right. Okay. I understand. I love that game. I want that game. It is garbage. (laughs) I would love it. Can you give us, do you have it? Yeah. Uh, I feel like you should get it right now and give us a couple more and we should see if we can guess them. Charlie Party is TI4 compared to this game. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Party had like 10 times the the length and the stability of this game. Chimoni and I got it out once. We looked at about five cards of it. Yep, that was fun and put it back. I did the same thing over Christmas with like a group of MIM friends. I think we did five cards. One person out of the six guessed one once. And that was no. it. Yeah. I just sat there and just said these things and nobody got them. I'm like, okay, we'll put that one away. And so that's our, uh, I think that's our legacy uh, slash Firestarter game for this year. No. <laughs> I'd, honestly, I probably would love it. That would go re- down really well with Liam. That's the type oh. of game where he'd be like, yep, I can do this. Or he'd like his family, he'd be like, yep, we got it this. Is, it is all yours. It is. $300. It is <laughs> <laughs> it's a steal. Yeah. <laughs> It'll go next to the OC. I would love to make another crappy card game on Kickstarter and have one of the Kickstarter stretch goals be a fire pit. Just to like just a little fire pit that you can and that's the legacy element right there and just call it the Charlie Party Fire Pit. <laughs> and, yeah. Bonus. Uh, look, there you go. I just searched it up. It is twenty five US to buy. This so, game? Yeah. It's about 50 bucks too much. But yeah. don't you own it? Oh, I own it, yeah. I'm, it's not like a you know, $300 out of print thing. I'm, I'm wasting well, money burning. Well, now <laughs> it isn't. It was yeah. to start with. Yeah. Yeah. No. So what you're saying is if you, see it, if you see it at the BrizCon secondhand market, just avoid yeah. it. On. <laughs> no, 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 you can have it, Helen. It is all yours. But I, want, I want you to find it now and, and get, let us play some games. Sounds awesome. Oh. I will. <laughs> I Why are you doing that? Selling before you actually sell them. See, now you can Wait. walk away and talk to us still because you've got, or at least hear us. <laughs> <laughs> mute, oh, he's taking his mic. Oh, no, um, that's still attached to my head. I was going to suggest too, um, I mentioned this to G-Money last night and a few others before, before Gloomhaven, but I have a recommendation that's not a board game, but it's a book. Um, and... It's related because I read this book firstly when it came out in like 2012 because it was by my favorite comedian, uh, which is Dave Gorman, and it's called Dave Gorman versus the rest of the world. And back in 2012, I wasn't in the board games, so it was just a fun story about this, you know, this adventure that he went on, which is a basically before he had a day before a show and he was in a town that he didn't know, so he put on Twitter, "Anyone want to play a game?" A live game, not like a not like a video game. Um, and people replied, and then he just choose someone and go and play a game with them. And he started choosing the most random games. Like, so he played Ket, which I actually have played before. It's a laser chess game where you've got to try and try and knock out the pharaoh by having a laser bounce off mirrors and stuff. And he played Cube or Cub. The um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you see that around every now and again. And Cub is amazing. Um, 
and Finska and a few other games yes. and, and like, but also just like table tennis. And, sure. um, but um, what's cool is I'm listening to it. I'm listening to it on Audible at the moment. So reading in inverted commas, but um, it's because it's been that long since I've read it. But now that I'm into the board game hobby, it's so much more relatable. Like it's, it's such a cool, like, Sort of win like it, it, even when he talks about playing games with people rather than online or whatever else. Like, the whole time I'm like, yes, this is this is our hobby, you know. And he doesn't necessarily get into hobby games as much. He plays a few games. He plays a game of Guess Who with a guy at a pub. Um, but like, you know, I think I can't remember. I haven't listened to it all in full again. But I'm pretty sure he plays Catan a couple of times. And um, but yeah, I honestly I, I don't remember what he plays, so I'm really keen just to listen to it in full. But if you're looking for a if you if you drive a bit and you're looking for a different thing, once you've finished listening to this amazing podcast, um, yeah, Dave Gorman versus the rest of the world. If you're into the board game hobby, I think you'd appreciate it. So, I think it's it's something that you could easily do, like especially if you're a bit you know a bit of a traveller, like not like us. I think we're a bit more sort of stable stay at home people, and maybe more board game hobbyists are that. But yeah, if you flying around and going to different cities, it'd be very easy for you to just put on a sort of social media post, hey, anybody want to mm. catch up and play a board game while we're in town? Like, I, w- I once had this crazy idea, and it's still there. I still might do it one day if I am financially sound enough to ever do it. But I want to do a YouTube channel where I just go and play people's favorite games with them. So only like I, I go to your house and I play your favorite game with you. We do a little bit of a review of the game. Tell you what I think. You tell you tell me why why it's your favorite game. Blah blah blah. Done. And then just sort of travel around playing everyone's favorite game for a while. I reckon that'd be awesome. But of course, I would have to fund that, um, and that's where it stops. <laughs> hard, hard, to awesome. do, hard to do an emerald. Um, it wouldn't probably, take long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so it's been two weeks. I've gone to every single board game person in the city. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you need to make it a different uh, YouTube channel. This one is you just knock on every random stranger's door and force yeah. them to play a board game with you. Yeah. This is my <laughs> favourite game, and you will play. Mm. I don't care if you've only you played like Uno this. before. You will learn Teotihuacan, and we'll <laughs> play it now. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't mind that. Like, and it'd be easier to do. Like, especially. I think you kind of do that already, like with the people that you know. When you come to Brisbane, you just go, "Hey, I'm going to tee up this person to play this game." Or I'm going to say, "You know, you saw what twenty people and played fifty games while you're down here." Yeah, that's it, right? And yeah. like you know, if we if we all caught up, you could literally film six episodes in one night because we just all play each other's favorite game, and you do the quick, you know, do the quick cutaways and whatnot, and edit it all back in, and that's six weeks of content right there. So I want to know who you're playing with that you can get six games in a night. Like we're lucky it's a very to get long night. If we, yeah, <laughs> it would be an incredibly oh. long night. Now that DG's favourite game isn't TI4, it's a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. All right. All right, DG. Are you ready? Yep. Here we go. Are you, yep. are you sure you want to do this? Yes. You won't think any less of me for for this being a thing that we do. <laughs> I will. Not at all. Okay. All right. We'll make it a segment of the show. All right. I'll keep a stack of the cards next to me. Are you ready? Let your conscience be the guide as this real boy escapes from a deep south chain gang and embarks on an odyssey to avoid becoming a man of constant sorrow. Pinocchio. Pinocchio, Pinocchio brother, are out there. That's it. You got it. You know how this works. 
Um, it's one. Some, like, some of them are so bad you can't even actually read them. Um, struggling with his parents' separation and his new life on the plantation, a young boy befriends Uncle Remus, who spins yarns through songs like Shut Your Face, Uncle Fucker, and Carl's Mum's a Bitch. <laughs> so that's the South Park movie at the end. Yep. What's the start, though? Something in the Deep South or something. Maybe Deep South Park? I'll just go with that. Uh, Song of the South Park. Song of the uh, South Park. Yeah. Oh, Say hello to my little friend, he screamed, while grabbing his butt cheeks and pretending to talk out of his booty hole. Scarface Ventura. Ventura. Yes, Scarface <laughs> Ventura. See? It's not awful. Uh, Scarface Ventura. Comedy goal. There we go. Done. There we go. Every, every um, pod. So we'll do it 12 times in a year. Uh, we- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's presumptuous. What a month am I pushing my luck? What did they do there? There's TV show movies. Oh. So you get like one's a TV show and one's a movie. And there's video game. One's a video oh, game. do a TV show movie one. Oh, <laughs> hey, you, you brought this up. You brought this on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame a, us. A young girl with big sports dreams wants to curve it like a certain Spice Girl hubby, but she'll have to get past Nitro, Laser, and the Eliminator to become number one. Bend it like... I don't know, the well, TV show. Bend it like Beckham. Yeah. If the show, then how do you go? Is it ham? American Gladiator. <laughs> bend it like... What? Becca American Gladiator. Oh, that's so, terrible. So they're really <laughs> not taking full words at all. They're literally taking a couple of letters. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> a vigilante right. serial killer Gladiator. satiates sociopathic bloodlust by murdering bad guys while learning to live with his new partner, a slobbering French mastiff that keeps chewing everything. Well, that's Dex Turner and Hooch something. at the end. Turner and Hooch. Dex Turner and Hooch, yeah. Yep, there we go. That doesn't make any sense, though. (laughs) (laughs) We're all dumber for that. At least it's the one you said earlier when it was Lion Kingsman. (sighs) That at least was a full word of king in the full word, not taking two letters to go. Maybe stretching and try and, you know, fill out some content for this $50 Kickstarter version. Who knows? The lovely folk at The Valley Folk. Um, I've tried really hard, I'm sure. There you go. Yep. It all sounds like a deck of cards that's been glued together. Yep. And is potentially going in the fire on a uh, gaming retreat later this year. So well, what you're saying, G-Money, is it is the trifle from friends. Yeah, it's hard to deal with. You're hard to deal with. <laughs> you're difficult to be around, DG. <laughs> <laughs> You want to play again? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah, right. Let's go. (laughs) No, so what are we talking? We're talking uh, games that we like, the we really like, but they don't like the digital implications or the digital interpretations of them. Is that what we want to talk about? We can talk about that if you like, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, we raised it before. You're obviously a big fan of TO, Steve, and we've been playing a game of TO lately, and 
uh, an online VGA game version. And I look, I got to say, it's the best game I've ever played. I really enjoyed that game of T8. It was hmm. one one of the things where everything came together, and I knew exactly what I need to do, and every move had like a corresponding move. I don't think all of the people playing that game had the same feeling sometimes. <laughs> Yes, that's yeah. Literally, why I thought of this topic is because I went back to that game and I and I could see that you and I were doing quite well, and then I looked at Shane and he was on seventeen points, and I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't the best game. And that's what kind of got me thinking, not only about that but also about what I was saying before. Like, if you're not Tio is a perfect example. If you're not across how to play Tio, I don't think you're going to get better by playing it on BGA. Like, eventually, sure. Like, but. You got to you, you got to understand the game a little bit more than just here are all your options. Click which one you want. I think like that works for games like Six Nymphed and and you're like oh, that's probably a really easy example. But even things like Tickets you could probably right. you could probably yeah jag it together for a few games. But like that game of Barrage we had the other day is a perfect example. I really enjoyed that, but I ruined myself for like a round and a half because I thought I needed one thing. But I actually needed the other thing. And if we were playing that live, you would have gone, why are you getting all those things? Like you would have been like, why you've got, you don't need, what What are you trying to build over there? And then I would have gone, oh shit. Yeah. I need the other thing. But I didn't do that until I had enough of the wrong thing to realize I'd had enough of the wrong thing. Um, and yeah, like from that point on, I just played the game as normal because I, you know, I, everything started to click after that, but I was a hundred points behind. Um, you know, I'm not saying I would have been 100 points better off, but I would have, you know, if that, we were playing that real time, I would have picked up on that a lot sooner than what I did on the on the uh, implementation, especially considering, like, you get the resources up the top, but then the costs and everything, you've got to scroll down. So, like, you know, there's that, it's not all in front of you, I guess. Um, so, that's, uh, yeah, I think with the heavier games, if I knew, if I knew Barrage, I would have never have made that mistake and it would have been a much better game. Um, but I haven't played Barrage in like two and a half years. So it just was hard to just jump back in and go, yeah, cool. I know what I'm doing, I guess. And I think I found it with Heat. Like I know we had we had the first game where we all just thought we'd pick it up and nobody did and it was horrible <laughs> <laughs> and, and didn't get the rules. And then we had the sort of teach game where you ran us through how it all worked and we, we did it. And then I still fucked it up horrendously. Like I could not remember. And I'm like, there's a negative on the speed. Is that... I go one less or I need one less. And it turns out yeah, I was yeah. the wrong. I, <laughs> and so it's stacked it on the corner. But yeah, it's 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 not forgiving. Even though you've got tooltips and you can hover over stuff and it tells you exactly what it does, unless you know, it doesn't help you. Like, it's just really hard hmm. to to come back from a critical mistake, and especially with a big heavy game where even turn-based, it's still going to take you like a couple of weeks to play. You might fuck up the first three turns and then you might as well just click buttons or skip or, hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I vaguely remembered in Barrage that you can get away with not pushing water through on your first round and, um, and taking the three negative points or whatever else, but you definitely don't want to do that in the second round, and I think I did that for the first three rounds. So <laughs> I was like, there's no coming back from this. But um, but as far as just games that are poor, not poorly implemented, but I, I, the, the game that I always talk about is Architects of the West Kingdom. And because the greatest thing about that game is you can play it with six players and it plays just as quickly as it does with two, probably quicker um, in person. But that's because they're all very small moves. Like you just do a move and then your turn's over and you gather your stuff or whatever else. So you build a thing and that's it. Um, but in a turn-based game, 
there's so many small moves that it just seems to lose that sort of flow and enjoyment in a turn-based situation. It works in real time, but yeah, that's that's the one game that stands out for me as a game that I just don't ever want to play on BGA again unless it is real time. My version of that was Rez Arcana. I played one BGA game. I'm like, nah, a similar sort of thing. Like, it's usually a very quick move. Like, you tap one card and you get one resource and off you go. But mm. even the drafts and some of that sort of stuff, like, it just takes yeah, two yeah. days to, you know, get your hand and you completely forget what you're doing. There's no point even playing mm. it. Um, and even playing it with one other person still took way longer than it should have. And I think yeah. for any of that sort of games, like Space Base, I find really hard. Um, even um, the, what we were just talking about, the seven one, uh, it's a wonderful world. Like yeah. the drafting phase, drafting seems to make the turn-based games take a really long time to get to anything. That's it, right? Because there's seven rounds of a draft, so there's four players. That's that's twenty eight um, interactions. Stops. Yeah, yeah. Um, per round, you got to do that four times. So, well, yeah. I'm interested to know, G-Money, because you said you played It's a Wonderful World recently. How did you find it different to playing online? Um, did you prefer I think, it? I think uh, well, I played with quite a few new people and it didn't. It still takes a little while. It still takes a whole game to sort of click. Um, but I think it's easier in person than it is online, even if you were live. But it'd be faster online. Like, because you don't have to do anything. You don't have to put any cubes. You just click it all and it's done. Yeah. So. No, that's yeah. true. And I feel that way with Ark Nova. Like, you play Automate, like, Autonoma Ark Nova. Like, I can play that game in, like, 15, 20 minutes by myself. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. a three-hour game. That's the impact of four players. But also then, like you say, it's that turn-based thing of you're waiting for everybody to do every little thing. If you have an action card that affects somebody mm. else's, then you have to wait for them to action that thing off your card to continue even your own round. Yeah. Although I will say with Arc Nova, I, f- I find, I actually think it feels quicker. No, not, not like, obviously, like it feels quicker. I'm not saying it is, but turn-based oh, no, Arc Nova. it's definitely quicker in real. It's definitely quicker online than in real life. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just feel like the game's fun. like, yeah, because like uh, maybe because you're doing more on your turn, like, you know, where if I'm waiting for you to build two different, you know, um, enclosures or whatever else, th- that takes a bit of time and you choose where they want to go and blah, 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 right? And then the next person, maybe they're, um, you know, doing a, a conservation project and they're upgrading one of the things and there's a bit of indecision there. Because you're sitting there waiting for it to come back to your turn, you're like, that could, might take a few minutes where because it's only one action and so much stuff happens, like I don't find the turn-based thing anywhere near as drawn out as I do for other games because so much is happening on each individual turn. It doesn't matter that Dave took five minutes to have his turn because I'm not going to see that for two hours. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, no, that's true, one. for sure. But I love I love it solo, the same reason you said. You just, yeah. I will never play that game in person solo ever again. Oh, I couldn't even imagine going to the effort of getting that board out to play it when I could just play it online. And it's a great thing to do instead of playing all the crap, like online, you know, the crap phone apps that you have. Why would you not just plug out a quick game of Ark Nova? Like, mm. it just makes sense. And I think that's it with BJ. There's, there's definitely positives and negatives. And I think we all play it a little bit 
um, it, it gives you enough of a experience playing a game if you find the right game to be able to play that makes you feel like you're playing a game and not just, you know, wasting money on shitty phone ads or watching something on your phone or, you know, wasting time. Like you can pull out your iPad and play a BGA game and feel like you're playing a game. Yeah. yeah. And you're never going to go and get that game out and set it all up. No. No. And but there's real- some really good ones, like like a Big Shoulders. I love that that game does all the math for you. You don't have to do any of that share pricing stuff because that's a three hour game. Now, if you play live, you can do it in an hour. Yeah, mm. for sure. I will, we I will. basically had a game of that going for three months. Like we just every time a game finishes, we start another one. And again, you would never do that in person. You'd never be like, all right, well, let's play this again next week. You, you'll end up playing something else. And yeah. I will I still say prefer... that. Sorry, G Money, you go. <laughs> I will say that your enjoyment of the game is dictated by how much, how well you're doing in it. Like, if you're having a great game, you're like you're waiting for the game to come so you can have your next turn. Yeah. But if it's like not really much is happening, you don't really care. Yeah, yeah, if it's fair. Gen- generally, yeah. the The thing for me, G Money, has been the barrage games I've been playing lately. I think I've got crushed five out of six games. And enjoyed every single one. I'm like every turn, every time it's my turn. I'm like, is there a way that I can do better here? And usually the answer is no. <laughs> but there was that one game where everything worked, and and I killed it. But yeah, it it definitely is most of the time, especially if you're playing with random people you don't care about, you don't know. It's like whatever. Like this mm. just needs to go away. I'll just keep cooking until it's finished. Yeah, and plus games, you play games differently. I find games play differently when you don't know the person. Like, yeah. um, you tend to be more like, I'm just going to stop them from doing this. And you don't have yeah. to worry about them looking at you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Carnegie, Carnegie is ruthless. Like, I don't know why, but people always try to stop people from getting the, all the tra- like all the tracks. Mm-hmm. For no reason. Like, like, for no reason. Like, it never works. It. it never works, but all they always do it. And I'm like, why do you guys do that? Why do you waste your time, like, trying mm. to stop other people from getting the thing, you know? Anyway. And it's like Big Shoulders is a funny, a good example too. Like there was a while there when we were playing and we we're like, we, everyone was selling each other's shares and all that sort of stuff, which is all that happens when you're playing it with other people. And, but we, and, and, and it's almost like, I don't know whether you guys are the same, but every time I get to the, to the shares, I'm like, who's going to be the bastard who pulls the trigger first and sells the share? <laughs> and, and, and it hasn't happened in like three games. So it, it, that's, that's because we know each other, I assume. Like, yeah. Everyone like because that's the I guess that's the other thing too, right? And I get this a lot with Feast for Odin, which is one of my favorite games. If I pulled the game, if I pulled Feast for Odin out and set it up at the table and we played it, I'd really want to try and play well and maximize my turns and blah blah blah. But because it's on BGA, I kind of feel more inclined to just try a random strategy that I've never tried before. And if it doesn't work, well, who cares? You know, um, I haven't gone through that whole effort of setting up the game and all that just to throw it away on a on a mask strategy, for example, on like a TO reference, but um, like, it's been cool. I've, I've never really done the animals before, but I do that every now and again on feast. And um, what's really funny is I'm playing a game with you guys at the moment and I'm playing a game with my brother and his family and I'm playing two very different strategies. So every time it says it's my turn in feast for Odin, I have to like go, okay, which one am I which playing? One is this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah There's less, there's less on the line, so you feel like you can just do it. And it's turn-based, and you can do it at your own time. Like, you've got 10 minutes in between a meeting. I often play as a walking between offices at work. 
Oh, I should be mm. probably looking at my phone while I'm walking, but yeah, I was like, oh, I've got 10 minutes. I'll just punch out all my turns and, you know, a couple of hours later, it'll be pop up again and I'll go and do it on my lunch break or something. Mm. <clears throat> so it's a, it's a lot easier to pick up and put down when you've got the time for it. It's not like you're wasting three hours of a key prime gaming night that you've only got once in a month and, you know, you really mm. need to get all your, every scrap of enjoyment out of. Yeah. Yeah. There is one other game that was has been ruined for me because of BGA to the point where I sold my copy of the real game, um, and that was Super Fantasy Brawl. Um, it ruined that game for me because I – I mean, I, I, in fairness, I didn't love it. I got all the Kickstarter stuff, and it was fine. And if you play it with the right people, it can be fun. If you play it with the wrong people, it can be brutal. Um, but the, the turn-based version of that game was so long because – if I attack you, I have to wait until you respond to that reaction, but I might be attacking you three times in one move. So then you respond with nothing because you've got no card to respond with. Then I attack you again. Then I have to wait for you to respond to that attack like three times over. And it's just, I remember I played in a tournament once and everyone timed out. No one finished their games. Um, and I won. I got through to like the third round because I was when, when whenever there's a tie in a tournament, the winner is the person who's used the least amount of time. Yeah. So I used the least amount of time in my first two games. One of those games, I was losing four one in a game that's first to five, but I got the <laughs> win because I'd used less time <laughs> and I made it through to the third round before someone used less time than I did. No one actually won a game, yeah. and and that's that was it, that was it because that was one of those games where I just turned up and went, oh, not this one again, whatever, like just move on with my life and. Yeah, and I've never gone back to that game since. But I don't know you said like TO's your favourite and we talk a lot about TO and the BGA version of TO, like once you know how to play it, it is pretty good. It's pretty intuitive and it works pretty easily. But there's just something that you miss, I think. The way that game is built with the tiles and you build the pyramid and like the pieces mm-hmm. are fantastic. Yeah, you don't get that out of your screen, especially if you're playing on your phone, it's like this big and you've got to move the screen over mm. to move the dice. Um, so, I mean, I'm actually selling my copy of that, Steve, because oh. I've got the all-in coming, which I'm actually quite excited ah, about. Ah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And I know G-Money's pretty keen to get his grubby mitts on. Yep. It's also, that's another example of, like, some games have the expansions on there and some don't. Like, I'm just hanging for like the Norwegians expansion for Feast for Odin and, and at least one of the expansions for Tio. Um, but then some other games have got them all. You're like, oh, awesome. Like we can, you know, you throw everything on here if, if you want to do that too. Um, that that kind of, that, like especially, you know, Feast for Odin is a much better game with the Norwegians expansion, but, you know, it's just not there. So you can't do it. Um I don't even know how they run. I saw a message on the space base one the other day. Someone, like the main person that built it, bailed out. And so there was all bugs that hadn't been fixed. And so somebody, like a community member, just stepped in and started fixing it. Yeah, right. Um, So I don't know how, like, the game implementation works. Is it, like, sponsored by the company or they just get a random coder or just a community member did it? I don't really know. Mm. Mixture of all things, I'd say. Mm. Because I wonder whether, like, depends on how easy it is, whether there's a way that you could actually do it ourselves. Get in and build these expansions that we want to see. Because I'm saying for big shoulders, like I'd be super keen to see the expansion. Yeah. That makes it such a better game. But it's been like this for five years. No one's changing it now. No. 
that's it. Yeah. yeah the company went bankrupt. They're not, they're not following up as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. The Big mm. Shoulders Company went bankrupt. Oh, they only made the way. The board game companies, Helen, not the you know, strongest of entities to begin with. But, yeah, they did this one print run of this one game they made and that was it. They, they didn't well, up I'm, their I'm own just shares. surprised because I know yeah. how big a game that is for you and how you know how many people play it all across the world because you play in tournaments. I'm just surprised. Yeah, look, it's a pretty low activity BGA game anyway. Like that's how yeah. I think I'm able to do so well because there's just not that many people playing it, um, and not that many copies made it out here. Like it's a pretty small print run in comparison. I think it's a niche game in a niche hobby that didn't really take off or something. I don't know. It's probably a lot of reasons why the creators, you know, either keep making games or don't make any more games. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, imagine if you found a copy of Big Shoulders, you'd be stupid to sell it, hey? Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Didn't sell mine. Didn't sell mine. <laughs> um, just on loan. Um, but what's funny about that game too is the fact that it hasn't gotten a new print run yet because around the same time, not long after it came out, it shut up, shut up and sit down, did a review on it and loved it. And usually when that happens, the game goes bonkers, which I think it did. That just meant that every copy in the world ever sold out and that was it. So you can't come along with that game any like you're playing someone else's copy if you're playing that game or you're playing it on BGA. Yeah, and I think it's a harder financial market at the moment. Like there's been a bit going on with Mythic Games, which I've been keeping Mm. track on because I am a backer of one of their games, so I get all the stuff. Um, But, yeah, they just... One of many Kickstarters that are running out of money before they're fulfilling their products due to various reasons and cost of living and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and they've had to sell on some of their IP of some of their games that have even partially developed just to continue operating. And, <clears throat> and I don't know how it's actually going to play out in the near future. Like these are fairly big companies with fairly big Kickstarter campaigns and you know millions of dollars behind them that are folding because they're not able to to mm. commit or to finish doing what they've actually been paid to do. Well, I remember Hell the Last Saga. I don't know if that's the one you've backed. Well, so but, I did Darkest Dungeon uh, just before that. Right. Yeah, because I remember playing a playthrough of Hell the Last Saga in the virtual gaming con in 2020, and it had already been on Kickstarter. Uh, luckily, I didn't enjoy that playthrough, so I unpledged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was not a cheap game either, and it's not even a game anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they've gone. They, so there was a couple. I can't remember. It wasn't Hell Last Saga. It was some other ones. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege or something. Yeah, Six Six Siege was one of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. So they, apparently it got delivered. Oh. Is that the one that I, got delivered? I don't think it was that one. I oh, think okay. it breached through was... your door. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't get no. Um, yeah, I can't remember exactly what games. So they've sold one of their games to Simon. So it that was, was one Super Fantasy Brawl. Oh, no, the, the recent one, like an undelivered Kickstarter. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'd have to look up which one it was. So, yeah, they, they were running out of money. They haven't finished the production of it, and they couldn't get it there. Like, they, they've run out of money to be able to develop the game. So they've gone to. Simon, who bought the game over. Now, these people have charged game costs, shipping costs, and then additional costs to try and get the game finished, and then have said, we're not going to be able to deliver the game. So Simon is saying, okay, everybody that's a current backer, we'll give you a copy of the base game, but that's it. 
and Far out. everything else you have to pay us now to finish off delivery. Because I was going to ask that question. Do you think that these are these companies are not are folding because they haven't priced their product correctly? It's or do you think they're just really bad with money and they're just wasting money on shit that they shouldn't be? The general consensus for this one was they kept doing Kickstarters and taking the money for the Kickstarters to fund the delivery of the one the previous one. Yeah. So Pretty they're scary. basic, yeah, insolvency trading. Um, that Pyramids they're never able, Yeah, they're never actually able to mm. finish delivering. Because in answer to your question, the first part of your question, Helen, None of these games were cheap. Like these were all big, no, no, I know they're crazy not. big kickstarters. Well, yeah, yeah. Darkest Dungeon was like four hundred bucks, I think, something like that. Yeah. And so it was three hundred bucks with a hundred shipping, with an extra contribution of sixty if you actually want to get it. Because yeah, so yeah. when they For went those, to post it, they're out of money. Yeah, so those people though, like if they then are only getting the base game when they've paid for all this extras, what what is their course of action in that space? Is there is it a Kickstarter thing of Kicks, enter at your own peril? Not a store. No. Yeah. Yep. Right. So the terms and conditions when you buy a game says you will not guarantee to receive what you're paying for. And they right. walk away from that. They take whatever it is, I think it's 13% of the total costs to run and fund the campaign, and then that's it. It's out of their hands. They don't care what they, what happens. So, so could these people sue them, though, because of the extra 60 that they – because they demanded extra money, they paid the extra money and are still not getting what they've been asked for. No. It's essentially like at that point when they're asking for the extra 60, it's essentially they're like um, oh, it's holding scary. it it's, for ransom. Yeah, that's exactly – it's black. Yeah. And then yeah. for them to still not deliver. So, yeah, so Six Siege, Hell the Last Saga, Monster Apocalypse, and Anastia are the four that they've – bailed out on. So that all up through Kickstarter, they got six point three million for those four games. And none of them are getting delivered. So people need to sue them. But they can't. They got nothing. Well and but they do. They have six point three million if they're not delivering the games and they haven't made the games. Yeah. So they had and that's that's part of what you get when they go into it. They they don't currently have the money and they don't currently have the games and if you sue them then you're not going to get anything. You know, the, and there is talk and doing class actions against Kickstarter, but the terms and conditions are pretty clear. Everybody is completely covered in this. There's no recourse. You're just yeah. you're giving away money because in the hope of getting you're, something. You're not actually buying. You, 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 you're supporting them, and then they're giving you a reward. So theoretically, you're just supporting them, and it's up to them whether they give you the reward. Yep. It's, um, it's a trust yeah. exercise. <laughs> it's a bit of an Amber Heard pledge first donate situation. Either way, <laughs> shit will get delivered. <laughs> or not. I feel or sorry not. for my nephew, Mick. He he, he went in the Six Siege yep. and he paid the extra money, I think, twice now. Yep. There was an extra postage amount, then there was an extra production amount, and now, yep. yeah, it's like, yeah, it, well, well, in one sense, it's probably saved him a lot of money because it's probably made him a little bit more wary of Kickstarter, so he probably hasn't backed other stuff. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it depends when you get stung as well. Like, so the Darkest Dungeon one, uh, so that's an, a licensed IP of a video game. So the company that they got the video game off actually donated them the first round. So they went through two rounds of asking for extra money as well, but one of them the video game company paid for, and then the next mm. one they asked for from the backers, and <clears throat> they still cut it down. There was a whole thing where um, every, non, every non-English version got cut so there was like a French, a Spanish, an Italian, and a um, Greek, I think it was the other one. 
So they all got cut if you, unless you paid an extra hundred dollars, and only if they got a thousand people buy that language game would they print it. <laughs> what fucking assholes! Yeah. So it, look, it's a it's a great uh, cautionary tale of Kickstarters, and it's only fairly recent, and it's only like developing now. This this fairly big company with seven figure, you know, delivery mechanisms behind them, um, just not able to meet their commitments. But it's going to mm. hurt the other gamers who are trying to build games and, and, and because people won't pay for them. They'll wait for them to get onto shelves. Well, it's almost at the point even now with Kickstarter. So Kickstarter started it, I've got an idea and I need money to make my game and you give me money and I'll make the game and I'll give you one. Um, it's not that anymore. It's turned now into really big companies know and they use it for pre-orders. They go, I'll pre-sell 6,000 copies. So I would take that money and print 8,000 copies and keep the rest and sell them and make money. That's my income stream. Yes. Um, And you cannot get money. If you're a brand-new developer with a half-formed idea, you just don't get money now. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say it's been a nice change probably in the last probably 18 months. There's a lot more games now that are just, this is the version of the game. Like... Um, I know Simon still do the whole, oh, you can pay extra to get the minis, you can pay them to get them some drop, you can pay to get the extra <coughs> expansions, you can add and you can add and you can add. But there's enough companies now that are just going, you're just getting the game early. That's what you're paying for. And I like that. I think that that's fair. That's like no one's walking into Vault Games and buying everything for one game at the start before they've even played a game. But on Kickstarter, that was for the longest time, that was the expectation, right? You go, well, I don't want to just get the base game. I'm going to get the entire all-in pledge because I don't want to miss out on it or whatever else. Or um, the chance being the, the base game might make it to retail, but all the expansions won't. And so if you no, want yeah. them, you have to buy them now, regardless yeah. of whether you like the game or not or whether it's good or not. Yeah, uh, well, that's... So I was just saying that that that's still there to some extent, but I feel like it's becoming less popular, and companies are cottoning onto that and just going, you know, we're releasing this game. If you want it, it's here, and then they might do a second Kickstarter for an expansion, and which is also great because then if you play the game and you like it, you can jump back on and go, well, sweet, I'll grab I'll grab that and the expansion because I've already played the game and I like it. Um, you know, all the you know the, the Garfield games thing where it's just like this is going to be the exact same version that's in retail. You just get it four months before anyone else. Go yeah. for goal. I think it, it comes down to two camps. Like there's you know, Sherman Garfield, and they consistently deliver early. They turn them over. They, those lead times not really long. You pay six months later, you got the game. Ten months later, it's in a shop. Like it's a very nice way to do it, and it feels good because you feel like you're supporting them, and you also feel like you get it a bit earlier. Where you know you're paying a reasonable amount, even it, like the price is probably pretty equivalent. You might pay. 100 through the Kickstarter, it's 110 retail, but basically the same. <clears throat> if you look at some of these big ones, like the Street Fighter one that I mentioned the other day, that was a that was a big one for me. So I paid um, a, somebody here who did it 500 bucks, which was the cost. So massive game, like base game plus six expansions, whatever it was, $500, huge amount of money. If you went to a shop to buy that, because some people, some shops did do a Kickstarter buy, and so they have everything there, you could buy it. It's $1,100. All right. So the retail markup that goes on to these Kickstarters means sometimes that's how you need it to get the stuff. You might be paying hundreds of dollars less to get an all-in mm. Kickstarter direct rather than waiting till it comes to shop if you even get the chance to do that. 
Um, yeah. So I think a lot of people fell into the trap of I better do it now and pay the money now so that I'm not stung later or not able to get it later. Almost in the hope that they'll love the game. Like, yeah. The, well, I, I wouldn't want to buy the base game and then not be able to get all these expansions and I love the game, you know. Or in a speculative sense, if they don't like it, well, nobody else will get that, so I'll be able to flog it off and maybe make my money back or make a little bit of profit. Hmm. Yeah, well, we played Flamecraft. When we played Flamecraft, we played a Kickstarter version, and, you know, I can go buy the base game, but it doesn't have all the shiny fun parts, and I can't get those now. And so Hmm. it's very hard as a retail consumer to not be able to get all the pretty stuff. Hmm. So I was very lucky with Worms Fan because it was Stonemaier. They did a pre-order. The pre-order opened on the 31st. I had the game 10 days later. I bought the extra pieces. So I got the upgraded pieces and I happened to buy some eggs, some gold eggs for Wingspan at the same time. So, Yeah, but Jamie's pretty outspoken that he's not a fan of Kickstarter. Like he used it initially when he first started getting into the the industry, but he doesn't do it anymore and there's a bunch of reasons. He also doesn't need it, right? Everybody knows to go to his site. He has his own 20% discount. Like if you've got your membership, so you get all the – newsletters every you know every few weeks that tells you everything that's going on so i think that they're enough of a game you know they're enough of a gaming company that they don't need to go that route they yeah. can fund themselves well and he's built it that way on purpose but like simon simon's probably bigger than stonemire i think um they they choose to do that this way they go through that well, I've got a base game for 100 and then a minis box for another 100 and then a fancy toys box for another 100 and then shipping on, mm. you know, the Galactus mini that's $600 for it a just, single game. But it just seems so odd for me that they would bother to use Kickstarter if they are that big. Why not just have your own website and keep your 13% that you're paying to Kickstarter and just do it through pre-orders through your own website? Because it's guaranteed you yeah. don't have to run a production line. Like you yeah. just go, they, they okay, go, okay we, got 6, we, we know exactly how many we want to produce or... Yeah. Uh, it's like Simon, the Marvel United one gets me. Marvel United's a great yeah. game. I bought the base game, I played it, I loved it. And then I was like, all right, what do I need to get? And there's enough Marvel United expansions that if I play, put them one on top of the other, it would be taller than me. Hmm. And all of them were, or half of them were available on their first Kickstarter. The other half were available on their second Kickstarter. So a game that I bought in a news agency in Capella for 25 bucks that had so much dust on it that you could write your name on the on the shrink. If I want everything for that game, I've got to shell out over 1200 bucks. Like mm. it's it doesn't make sense. It's like it's not a yeah, it's anyway. Yeah. How do we get onto this? We're talking about BGA for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Random kicks out of rant. Two topics. Yeah, yeah. Lucky lucky listeners, all six of them. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, we should probably wrap it up, and maybe we should introduce ourselves. I've been Dave. <laughs> Helen. Steve. <laughs> and and me. <laughs> and this has been the show. Thanks for listening. Have a good Catch night. Catch us next time.